Welcome, Hoosier fans, to this week's edition of Assembly Call Radio, where each week we discuss the most interesting topics in the world of Indiana basketball. This is our 164th edition of Assembly Call Radio, and it is our 615th episode overall of the Assembly Call, recorded on the evening of Thursday, April 16th, 2020. I am your host, Jared Morris. And let's begin this edition of the Assembly Call, how we begin every edition of the Assembly Call, and that is with our Hoosier Proud banner moment. And Indiana is the national champion. When it comes down, Indiana will be champion. Smart takes the shot. The Hoosiers have won the national championship. Last Friday, Anthony Leal was named the 81st Mr. Basketball in the state of Indiana. Leal's Bloomington South Panthers were undefeated when the state tournament was canceled, and they were one of the favorites in 4A to cut down the nets in Indianapolis. The four-star guard rated the 101st prospect nationally in the class of 2020, scored 18.5 points per game as a senior, becoming Bloomington South's all-time scoring leader, and cemented a reputation for being a clutch shooter by making a number of big shots late in games to continue South's undefeated run. Whenever the 2020-21 season begins, Leal will be the third straight Mr. Basketball to suit up for Archie Miller's Indiana Hoosiers, following in the considerable footsteps of Romeo Langford and Trace Jackson Davis. And while we are all still waiting for the first true breakthrough season under Archie, history suggests that having Indiana Mr. Basketballs on the IU roster is an important prerequisite for the kind of winning we all expect. Having two on the roster? Even better. Get this, since 1972, Indiana has had 22 teams that either won a Big Ten title or won more than one game in the NCAA tournament. 20 of those 22 teams had at least one Mr. Basketball playing a key role on the team. 10 of the 22 had two Mr. Basketballs. All 10 of those teams reached at least the Sweet 16, and seven of them won the Big Ten title. Now, it's fair to note that in the other 26 seasons, when Indiana did not win a Big Ten title or win at least one game in the NCAA tournament, there were often still Mr. Basketballs on the roster, sometimes really good ones. Think Romeo in 2019, Eric Gordon in 2008, the middle years of Steve Alford's career, and Kent Benson's final season. But it was much less likely to happen. Ten of those 26 substandard IU teams had no Mr. Basketball playing a key role at all, and only two of them, 2001 and 1990, featured two Mr. Basketballs. What does it mean? Well, this is just a long-winded way of attaching numbers to something we all instinctively know to be true. Landing Indiana Mr. Basketballs is a big deal for IU basketball. History tells us that while having one on the roster doesn't guarantee success, not having one sure does seem to make the degree of difficulty much higher. And here's the kicker, since this is the banner moment. Each of Indiana's last three national championship teams featured Mr. Basketballs playing leading roles. And while Indiana may not be ready for that kind of leap next season in what might be Trace's last one in Bloomington, Anthony Leal's expected presence on the roster for the next four seasons, combined with Archie Miller's demonstrated ability to regularly reel in Mr. Basketballs, means that at least one part of the historical formula for success in Bloomington is right back where it needs to be. All right, now let me introduce my esteemed co-host for this week's show, Coaches Off Tonight probably sitting in his basement with a cold beverage, reminiscing about being on campus when Indiana won the 1987 National Championship. I think I kissed a lot of girls. I think I might even kissed a lot of guys. I don't know. But here with me tonight, to my left. Fun, fun, fun. Fun, fun, fun. Fun, fun, fun. Fun, fun, fun. 
that is how you're a champion. Andy, what is your bottoms line on the last week in Indiana basketball? Well, you're, just, uh, you're starting to see more uh, NBA decisions come in. I know we've got a couple different topics that we'll hit on this on later in the show, but um, just interesting to watch what some of the other Big Ten teams, how they might be impacted by this, although I feel like every, every, uh, every post now, because you're not really getting a ton of the detail more than on some kind of release on you know Twitter or Instagram or something else, like you really have no realistic idea of whether they're just testing the waters or not because it's so easy to test the waters and be able to sign with agents during that process and different things like that. And I think you and Alex mentioned that uh, last week. So it's a little bit hard to speculate on what that might mean, but you can see both with some of the potential defections and uh, with kind of unheard of off season, just in terms of what contact you're going to have with teammates, with the program, different things like that. Uh, you'd certainly like to think that a, a team that has a fair amount of continuity would stand to benefit from something like that. Um, still remains to be seen, but a lot of moving pieces in the big 10, even this week uh, that have come out with some of the things at Michigan and, and different things like that. So, um, you know, I guess it's not too early to start uh, being overly optimistic about the upcoming season since we really don't have a whole lot else to do. So uh, I guess maybe that's where I'm at, just trying to, you know, see what's going to go on with some of the other Big Ten teams and, and see what that might mean for uh, IU. And like I said, we'll, we'll touch on that a little bit more. So uh, no no news out of IU uh, really has generated that, but just uh, just trying to, you know, read the tea leaves of what's going on in other places. No news is good news right now for Indiana unless it's a commitment. So Absolutely. <laughs> All right, and to my right. Analyzing players, finding every wrinkle. He hasn't ever hosted, never lifted a finger. He's got all the well, let me quickly add just one thing about this. Dude just interrupted his own jingle. Romeo Lankford was on a two year plan. Ryan, what is your rant this week? I really hate when you use that sound. It's fake. <laughs> Fake news that, right there. Romeo Lankford was on a two-year plan. Sounds real to me. <laughs> yeah, I, I got to admit, it's it's really tough to deny. Um, yeah, I think this week with the 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 main topic has been Anthony Leal and 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 winning Mister Basketball. I know that was late last week, but and it seems like it was last week. But uh, I, I think you made some great points about about winning the recruiting battle in state, and quite frankly, to Indiana, what's going to be important in the future is winning the recruiting battle in region. It's not just in the state. It's getting guys from Ohio, Michigan. We've seen Minnesota, Illinois. I mean, you've got to win the region. And, and that's tough to do these days because it's, uh, recruiting is such a national game. You'll see top players defect to, to other states. But I think Archie Miller and, the, and company have done a really good job doing that. And, and Anthony Lille, I think that he was Mr. Basketball. I think if you look at the statistics, you look at who he was and what he meant to that Bloomington South team that happened to be number one in the state, it makes sense that he was the pick. And so I think that's great for IU because to have those two guys that will be on the roster. Um, I, I, you know, I, I think that Anthony specifically being a guy, a kid from Bloomington coming to IU and having spent so much time around the program as he did over the last few years, he knows what he's getting into. I think that he also is bringing guys with him uh, helping to bring guys in that he's played with, uh, as we've seen with, um, with uh, Trey Galloway and uh, Christian Lander, both coming in. I think that that's really interesting that that you're starting to see them recruit AAU programs as has has happened in the past recruit programs recruit high school programs recruit AAU programs and try and bring guys who know each other together 
that cuts down on how long it takes for guys to learn each other when, you know, and learn how to play with each other. These guys know each other. They know how to play with each other. They play together for years in some cases. So I think that that's really important when Indiana is doing. And, and that happens when you recruit in region, you're going to get guys who know each other and know how to play together. So it's been a real big focus for, for Archie Miller and the staff, and they've done a really good job of it so far. All right. This week, uh, we'll roll through a few headlines. Not a lot of Hoosier headlines, as Andy talked about, but we do have uh, some college basketball, some Big Ten headlines, so we'll hit a few of those. And then in segment two, we're going to continue our segment from a couple weeks ago into finding moments for the 2019-20 season for Indiana starters and for the coach. And then we'll hit your questions, and then we have a chat mob induction after the show. So all of that coming this week on Assembly Call Radio. Before we get to all of that, a few announcements. Continue to support our friends at Homefield Apparel, please. Homefieldapparel.com. The promo code is Assembly20. I would highly recommend going to the Homefield Apparel Twitter account uh, because Connor took a very funny picture of himself. He's now modeling uh, their apparel, apparently. Uh, so you can watch Connor doing his best Scott Stapp in, uh, arms w- w- with arms wide open video uh, impression on there if you want to see what that looks like. Uh, but really, homefieldapparel.com, Assembly20. They have the best college apparel you're going to find anywhere, especially IU apparel. So make sure that you go support them. And then if you want to support your local food bank during this very difficult time for a lot of families, for a lot of kids, go to foodpantries.org or feedingamerica.org and you will be able to find food pantries in your area that really, really need your help. And so if you want to give back, that would be a great way to do it. All right, gentlemen, let's roll through uh, a few headlines. Uh, First, we can officially name the winner of the inside the hall slash assembly call greatest IU basketball player, IU basketball player of all time bracket, and it is the great Calvin Cheney. Of course, Duh. he took down he took down Isaiah Thomas uh, in the final round. So congratulations to Calvert in a career full of accolades. I'm sure this is right there at the top for him uh, among. Please the tell me somebody tagged him on Twitter and to get his attention to this. Probably he's not real active on Twitter though. I know so. I've sent many tweets his way, and I've never gotten a response yet. So I'm still well. That's just you. I mean, that's kind, just their, you're not, that's just because of the restraining order, though. That's yeah. <laughs> you're kind of obsessed with it. I mean, once that happens, like I'm just I'm gone. The, this entire thing for nine years has just been about getting some acknowledgement from Calvert Cheney. Mm-hmm. Someday <laughs> it'll happen, and you'll just never see me again. Um, <laughs> okay, uh, Andy, you mentioned some guys uh, putting their name in in the Big Ten. Ayo Desunmu from Illinois uh, was one. This I was week. surprised his wasn't in earlier. Like that seems like yeah, a was too. You know, like, you know, Luca Garza put his name in. I, I don't know if there were any other big ones this week. A lot of them had already happened. Yeah, and Kofi I don't really know. Was the big one how, too. Is, who was the other one? Kofi Coburn. Yeah, Coburn. Previously, I mean, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, how much time do we spend on this? Because I really have no idea which of these guys are coming back and which ones are going. So, it like, you know, like if Trace announced tomorrow that he was going to test the waters, it would not shock me and it wouldn't change what I think is ultimately going to happen. So, I guess my point being. Like this isn't what it used to be when guys declared for the NBA and it was likely they were going to go. Now it's just wait and see. And so I hope everybody recognizes that, that a lot of these guys can still come back. So maybe that's the only point that we need to make here and we can move on unless you guys think there's something worthwhile to discuss about it. Yeah, I mean, I think Desunmu was pretty close to going after last year. So that would lead me to to be surprised if he wouldn't stay in this year. But that's more just trying to read into what happened in the past and try to figure out what that might mean for his future. I think, you know, he's one that's out there that seems likely to stay in Tillman. Um, if for no other reason than the, and you, I think you mentioned this too, Jared, he's got two kids married. Um, you know, does that compel him to, to go in the draft? Good defensive player has shown some, shown some skill. You're not going to be 
uh, getting set up by Cassius Winston anymore? Does that you know push you into into going? I, I would guess of the ones that seem to be um, maybe on the fence or or not sure of those would be the two to me that seem most likely to stay in and would make the most sense for a variety of reasons. When you have two kids, do you really want to get yelled at by Tom Izzo anymore? You know, like it's, <laughs> it's time to go. <laughs> Go to the NBA, Xavier. <laughs> Unless you're looking for tips on how to control your kids, it might be. Yeah. <laughs> Go to the NBA, uh, Xavier. Um, I, I think that it's interesting what's happening in Illinois with those two guys could come back. And and Io, I think that he should leave. I don't think there's anything else to prove there. Uh, Kofi Coburn, I mean, does how does he fit in the modern NBA? And and I guess there are some centers, but legitimately that that's an interesting decision for him moving forward. Here's the problem for all these guys is workouts. And a lot of these guys who are fringe players, maybe a, a early second rounder and would think, Hey, I'm going to rely on the combine, my athleticism. And then I'm just going to ball out at all these, these workouts to move me up. We don't know if that's going to happen. And it's probably leaning towards not. So it's going to get the, the, the guys we're going to do well are probably the guys who are high level prospects who you've seen their athleticism over years and years and years develop. And then guys who have good film is probably, I mean, film is probably going to have to be something they rely on, but teams have draft boards throughout the year. So whoever their draft board is now likely won't change if there aren't workouts and a combine and all that stuff, they're pretty locked into who they like. They've watched them all. So a guy like IO has great film, but maybe he was a little lower on draft boards than he would have liked because you know, he just didn't stand out for whatever reason. He's not going to have a chance to prove himself against other top players. These these teams could wind up drafting ahead of him. So it's interesting. And I think the the long-term ramification might be that guys come back because they don't have a chance to prove themselves in the pre-draft yeah. uh, period. So I, I think that may wind up happening. It'll be good for college basketball, but maybe not great for the players. So the last topic that I want to hit here also deals with guys going pro early. And this is guys going from high school to the pros, not to the NBA, but to the G League or playing overseas, which is a trend that we're seeing more and more now. And it really came to a head this week. Isaiah Todd, who was going to go to Michigan, he's going to the G League. Jalen Green, I think, is going. And then I saw a tweet that said he was not going. So I don't know what the final verdict on that is, but at least it's being discussed that he's going to the G League. And so this is a pretty big topic of conversation now, Ryan. And you know, you got people talking about how this is the end of college basketball, yada, yada. That stuff is nonsense. And if you hear that, just dismiss it. Take note of who's making that opinion and understand that they're just trying to be a shock jock or they're dumb. One of the two. But here's what I will say. I'm not surprised that this is happening now. And I actually won't be surprised if more guys elect to do this for this year and maybe next year, because professional basketball is a lot less uncertain than college basketball right now. Because and tell me if you agree with this, but the pros are going to be able to get going a lot quicker than colleges because colleges also have to get back in session and bring students back on campus before they're going to be able to play, whereas the pros don't have to deal with that. So if you're a five-star guy who can go start getting paid instead of stepping into the uncertainty of college basketball, I kind of get it. You know, so I don't know I don't know if I would extrapolate too much about a long-term trend yet because I think the circumstances right now are pretty unique given everything with the coronavirus and the, you know, quarantining and all that stuff. So that's how I'm taking it. And I'm just kind of taking a wait and see on what the long-term impact is. I, I like having one and done guys. I loved watching Zion Williamson last year. I like, you know, I love seeing premium talent guys. You know, I like seeing them in college basketball. 
it's not going to end college basketball if those guys leave and, and don't play. College basketball existed during the high school of the pro era and was fine. And, and quite frankly, last year in the Final Four, there wasn't a single one-and-done player. So that's not necessarily been proven to be the best way to build a team. I mean, Duke won a national championship with one-and-done guys. Uh, Kentucky's won a national championship with one-and-done guys. But other than that, the preponderance of evidence shows us that most teams that win national titles and play very well have veterans. You know, it, they might be sophomores and juniors, but they're veterans. And yeah, maybe a one-and-done sprinkled in there. But it's not, you know, if five one and dones has not been a recipe to win championships. And so I don't think this changes the calculus of college basketball at all. At its heart, college basketball is going to be about guys who stick around to get better. It always has been. And good guard play, a big man who can score, and guys who stick around. I mean, those are the things that you need yeah. to win consistently in college basketball. I think this is good for the kids. And I, I like if they want to go pro and turn pro, this is an option for them. Eventually, the NBA is going to get rid of the age limit. That is coming down the, the pike anyway. And so the fact that people are freaking out about this makes no sense because in two years, they're going to be able to leave out of high school and go straight to the NBA if they want. There might be rules on that where instead of going to the NBA, they have to go to the G League, but they get a rookie contract or they have to play a certain amount of games in the G League or, or something like that. They can't just go full-time NBA. But, you know... This is going to happen anyway. And so so people being upset about it. And I think, honestly, I think some people in college basketball will welcome this because it, it you, you remove the uncertainty about guys, whether they're going to stick around, whether they're going to qualify, whether they even are going to try to qualify academically and things like that. So I don't see this as a bad thing for college basketball. I just see it as it is what it is. And this was coming eventually. So good for those players. Maybe it makes the G league more fun. Jared, you've said you've watched G league games. They're fun. They're fun. I mean, they are. They're it's, it's an up tempo. No one's watching it on TV. So these guys no, are building yeah, their brands. That, in that's the ultimately no. the problem is like, they're not going to get exposure doing that. Now you're going to get paid and, and you're going to get, you know, like green was getting $500,000 or something like that. But I, I think it, it's kind of like Ryan you said, lose that. You're right. What, what, what you want you go to LSU. Well, true. <laughs> 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 not, not wrong. Um, but I think what what happens is when people, in order for more people to see this to have a damaging effect, you have to see it work for somebody. Nobody's seen it work for anybody really yet, going that route. And to Ryan's point, by the time you might see it work for somebody going that route, the rule might change anyway, so it's not really going to matter. I, I, you know, a lot of these guys that have gone overseas or done other things like those haven't really been success stories in in large part that I can. It looks like think of or or guys that went straight there. So if you see that that starts to work and guys see that that's really a viable path and and works that way, then maybe it changes things, but I don't think it changes things right now. Yeah. Just having a guy or two go and, and you may see more to your point, Jared, do it this year than others. But even so, I, I don't know that it's going to be rampant by any means. LaMelo ball looks like he's going to be the first person who went over, played overseas and is going to be a top three pick. I mean, he might be the number one pick at this point. He's, he's gotten a lot better. And, and that's a unique situation because his last name is Balls, and he got extra exposure because of his brother. For sure. And, and that's so. what I was That was the next thing I was going to oh, say. Sorry. He's looking like this is the first guy who's going to work out for. And there are different circumstances attached to this. So um, let me yeah, just jump think, in real quick. Yeah, I know. Nice job. <laughs> I, just, I got a, I had to, man, you're, you're getting, you're getting better at it. Um, <laughs> But yeah, I, I think this is just one of those things where people are want to want to find something to be upset about or freak out about because we don't have a whole lot to talk about. This is fine for college basketball. If yeah. the top forty recruits all went to the G League, 
college basketball would still be fine. It will find a way to be fine because, again, it's typically about the veterans. It's not about those one-and-done guys. Those one-and-done guys are fun, and occasionally you get a transcendent guy like a Zion, and everybody follows them, and it's great. But that's not the typical recipe for winning in college basketball. Yeah. yeah the only thing that you, that you really might see, you might see during the regular season, you might lose a few casual fans, but that's not going to translate over to March. The only other impact is for coaches, you know, how do you prioritize recruiting five-star guys? Because, you know, like Juwan Howard put a lot of time into Isaiah Todd, and now he left. So that might change that calculus a little bit. But, you know, other than that, I don't think you'll see too many impacts from it. All right, let's move on to segment two, gentlemen. Uh, it is part two of our series on the defining moments of the 2019-20 season. We've already done the bench guys. Now it is time for the starters and the coach. We're going to do that next here on the Assembly Call. Stick with us. Yeah, so that that'll be interesting. Is it how coaches change? You know how they prioritize. Like, is anybody going to go recruit Imani Bates? You know, and you know some Michigan of those guys. State. Yeah, he's but, going to Michigan State. <laughs> well, if he doesn't, if, I mean, if he, you know, yeah. But that's the thing. Like, you know, like for Indiana, for Archie Miller, you're always going to recruit the five star guys in your backyard. You're going to recruit Romeo. You're going to recruit Trace. You're going to recruit Christian Lander. But you know, like an Aminu Muhammad. You know, he's a five-star guy. Does that change at all how much you prioritize him if a lot of guys rank there, start going pro, and he's out, well, of, and out of your area? Maybe. Here's, here's what I'll say is that you teams already prioritize guys they might not get, and I, I don't think it changes a whole lot because you could lose that guy to Duke rather than the NBA. You know what I mean? Like, I, it's you're already making choices like that. It's just adjusting your expectations. Yeah, but if you're down to the final two or three, I mean, I don't know. It How many times be... have you been down to the final two or three and lost, though? Well, I'm just saying it, it should at least enter into of your course. calculus, you know, because well, it, it's like it, it's like one more team that you're recruiting against, basically. Right. No, and that's my point, is that they already do that. You yeah. know what I mean? So it's just adjusting your expectations even further. Like, yeah. do you go after the five-star guy from Georgia who visits North Carolina all the time or something like that who's up against, well, you might have to back off that guy if he's leaning that way and put your energy into somebody else. They already make that calculation for going against other teams. I think they'll just make it about going against the pros. I mean, just it'll be the stay same out thing. of Georgia. No one shuts down the borders that's, like Tom Cree. That's fair. That's, that's wow. Well. Tom Crean catching shrapnel 40 years later. Let's talk about where we can get those Tom Crean George versus all y'all shirts. I mean, look, that, the man had strengths in state recruiting long term. Not, one, not of one of them. So. But no, I, I just think that it's going to be basically the same calculus. You're just adding the NBA into a team you might lose a player to. So you have to adjust. I mean, Indiana doesn't go after the top five kids in the country really hard right now because they're focused on other things and they know it's a difficult task to go get whoever the top five players are, wherever they're from. Whereas like Kentucky, Kansas and Duke all go after the North Carolina, all go after those guys. Well, it's just the same thing. Just a different, you know, there's a different opponent to deal with, I guess. By the way, the funniest thing that I saw all week. So you saw how Kentucky has basically lost everybody. Like their leading returning score and rebounder is Keon Brooks, basically, because they lost everybody. So someone, they, although, how, you know that, although you, how many of their guys are are like is like EJ, EJ Montgomery or somebody else? Like some of them, he's could not come keeping back. his name in the draft. Right, there's a couple of them I think. EJ Montgomery I, r- r- ranked higher as a recruit than Zion Williamson. 
But the funniest mm-hmm. thing that I saw with Keon Brooks, you know the old uh, Fresh Prince of Bel Air where he's like yeah, in the house and nobody's looking. there, <laughs> standing around looking around because no one's there. <laughs> Someone photoshopped Keon Brooks' head onto Will Smith's body. That was clever. <laughs> clever use of Photoshop. Um, but, I mean, they get that every single year. Like, I it's I, I a little mean, bit worse this year, but it depends on how many guys. But they, and yeah. they don't have the same guys coming in next year because there's guys who have – like, you look at the top 25, there's a lot of random schools in there. Like that don't normally get top twenty-five recruits. Yeah. Well, doing the Will Wade program, maybe I guess. <laughs> Strong ass offer. All right, let's hop into segment. I two. still haven't watched. I still haven't watched that documentary yet. I haven't either. Um, I haven't either. I, I, nothing I heard about it makes me feel that I even need to. So, like the right. composites, number one player is going to Oklahoma State. Like oh, Kate Cunningham, hired, family member. Because they hired a family member to be on staff. You got uh, Z- Zaire Williams going to Stanford. Uh, you've got Scotty Barnes going to Florida State. Like, I mean, there's just there's some interesting picks in there. Joshua Christopher picked Arizona State when everyone thought he was going to Michigan. Like, it's interesting. It is interesting. It is interesting. You know, the other thing that we didn't talk about was uh, Mark Cuban on or on John Calipari's podcast talking about the potential for the IU yep. Kentucky. Uh, series to come back, although they were talking Dallas. Yeah, hey, I'm I'm all about that. I'm all about that. <laughs> there are a lot um, of Hoosier fans in Dallas. There's a lot of Hoosier fans in Dallas. So anyway, nothing, nothing substantial really to discuss there. But it's at least nice to see that get mentioned. And yep, you know, if it's not Kentucky, then let's get another big marquee non-conference. All right, uh, let's start this next segment in about 20 seconds. Um, this one is, it does take us a little while to get through, so no need to repeat. We can just, if you agree with somebody, just say you agree and either say a different one or we can go on to an, another player. Um, and right. I'll kick it to you guys first on some of these so it's not just me doing mine first. Okay. Okay. Here we go. Schools, families, and government leaders are finally on alert over teen vaping. But before we can solve it, we need to understand it. One, the draw is flavors. 97% of kids who vape use flavors. Two, kids often don't know they're vaping nicotine, let alone a concentrated formula. Three, nicotine's addictive, and it's also a neurotoxin that can increase teen anxiety. Nicotine is brain poison, and flavor is the hook. Do something at flavorshookkids.org. Sticky notes, email alerts, a string around your finger. They're just not big enough. So here's a big reminder from the California Lottery. The Mega Millions jackpot is over $250 million. Whew. Play now. Please play responsibly. Must be 18 years or older to purchase player five. What's going on? It's Christian Wofford. What's the only thing better than an epic buzzer beater? Celebrating it with friends afterwards. Join my guys, Jared, Andy, Ryan, and Coach on the Assembly Call after every IU game. Go Hoosiers. Thank you, Christian. Welcome back to the Assembly Call. You can find all of our content at our website, assemblycall.com. And if you ever want to join the chat mob, chat mobbers, during our unedited live broadcasts or watch those replays and see all the between segment banner, then check out our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash assemblycall. All right, I am Jared Morris. I'm here with Ryan Phillips and Andy Bottoms. And guys, it is time for part two of the series that we started a couple of weeks ago 
which Ryan listened to very intently, as we learned before the show started. Yeah. Uh, this was inspired uh, by a post by Austin Renderer from the Hoosier Network, so I want to give him credit for the idea. But we're defining the biggest moments of 2019-20 for each Indiana Hoosier. Two weeks ago, we did the bench guys. This week, it's the starters and Archie Miller. And the big idea here is the defining moment that shows us the player this guy can be moving forward. So, you know, if a guy had a down year, we're not going to pick a defining moment of him being bad. We want to do one that kind of projects forward the kind of player that we think he can be. Before we start, though, Ryan, I feel like we should give you an opportunity to do a defining moment for Race Thompson, uh, since you are the president of the Race Thompson fan club. Uh, oh boy. Yeah, I think I think we all agreed that it was the Penn State game. At least that was my defining moment for him. Um, other people may have had some different thoughts, but what did you have for the defining moment for Race Thompson? There were there were a couple. I thought that actually when he went home to Minnesota and played really well in that game, um, I think he finished with he was under ten points, but he, let's he see, was he like ten, nine points, ten rebounds. Yeah, nine honestly. points, ten yeah. rebounds. And and I thought that just you know they kept showing his dad, and I mean, you know, I mean, I, some I, of us care about him enough to know the stats without having to look it up. But yeah, I mean, you know, it's your I'm oh, just Penn State. He had eight and four, and was just kind of everywhere in that game. Um, and then, you know, he played well in the Iowa game that they won too. Um, I really thought that Minnesota game, that's the one that stood out to me where I remember thinking like he's after, cause you know, he got hurt in the Michigan state game and then it was kind of, you know, he had some good performances, but it wasn't it, at that game. It felt like it was starting to get consistent and you're starting to get the consistent energy from him back again. So, uh, I, I had Minnesota earmarked, but yeah, the Penn state game, certainly I thought, I thought a lot of guys played well in that game and he was certainly so you talk about the Minnesota game. Let's start at the top. Let's start with the coach. Um, you know, this was Archie Miller's third season at the helm. What to you was was his defining moment? The reason I want to start here, Ryan, is because to me, the defining moment for Archie was the Minnesota game. You know, not only did we get crushed at Minnesota last season, as everybody remembers, but we were coming off of losing five out of six games. Desperate for a and road win. Run out of the building. Yeah. And, you know, everybody remembered what happened last year where you lose 12 out of 13. You know, are we going to collapse down the stretch again? And you've got a resume good enough to make it. Can you get a road win? Can you just get a few wins down the stretch? Not to mention his best player, Trace Jackson Davis, had just come off his worst game against Michigan. So a lot of things pointed toward that being a game Indiana was going to lose. And they came out and won it by 12. And, you know, so in a season that, look, we all had criticism of Archie and it was an up and down year and, you know, you probably could pick some other ones. This to me was the most impressive, just have my team ready. Let's bounce back. Go get a win that you have to have in a tough environment against, you know, a team that their record wasn't that good, but they were top 35 Ken Palm with two guys that just declared for the draft. So, I mean, that's not a bad team. That to me was a really impressive win. And it's the kind of win Archie's got to start getting consistently because you got to be able to win on the road to do what we want to do in the Big Ten. So that to me was the defining moment for Archie Miller because if we start winning those games consistently, now that's how you start winning 12, 13 games in Big Ten play. Well, for me, that game, what it said to me was that the team executed his game plan. They pounded Trace Jackson Davis inside in that game. What do you have, 27, 27 I think, in that game? They pounded him. No, he had he had 16 rebounds in that. No, yeah, he had 16. He had 12 defensive rebounds, my friend. Oh, was it? Okay. Yeah, yeah you're right. You're had, right. Yeah, you're right. He had 27 and 16 from the get-go. It was pound the ball inside. Yeah, and that right. was something they hadn't been doing for a few weeks prior. And they did that. The screen and roll defense was better. The high hedge and drop-off was better because they weren't overplaying it. They played under in that game. That was distinctive. I thought it was the the two best for Archie were the Minnesota and then following that up by being number nine Penn State. I thought that was the peak of what he did that year. 
this past year. I think that in the Penn State game, Trace didn't have as big a game, but nobody really had a big offensive game. It was pretty spread out. And I felt like, but in both games, they executed the game plan. They took advantage of their their size, and then they played defense, which, again, was up and down all year what guys were going to do. We never knew where the offense was going to come from. You never knew if the defense was going to hold up on the on the perimeter and and you know, if the post guys are going to be able to roll back to their spots and cover their, you know, cover the lane. And they got so abused in that Michigan game by their screen and roll defense that seeing Minnesota, it was like two different teams. And so I agree with you. I think that was the, the, the high mark. You could also kind of say that the way they played in the first round of the big 10 tournament, you know, although, but that was against a terrible team missing some players, but it felt like that was the first time in a while they had a game where there were no doubts that they were going to win that game. Um, the other team's coach was dying on the side. I, I know. So. And they were missing like they only had like five scholarship players or something like that. Yeah. So that's why you don't. I'm just saying the attitude of that game. The team came out and was like, we're going to win this game. Like, sorry. And it was the confidence they played with. You could say, OK, that was great. And it was a Big Ten tournament where we're used to losing, too. So but no, Minnesota and that and then and then that leading into the Penn State game. I thought those two were the, were the high point for Archie. This year. Andy, what would you have for him? And just two quick ones. One was um, I would throw out the Iowa game after just, you know, Bob Knight comes back, lay an egg against Purdue at home, oh. um, had lost four straight, bounced back to beat Iowa at home. And then the other is just like a singular moment, but it was in the Michigan State victory. I think it was this game um, where they switched up the ball screen coverage and switched everything at the very last possession. Just yeah. kind of shows like a little Great coaching thing that, that you kind of want to see more of and be able to throw a wrench into something that Michigan state was trying to do. And they end up, uh, trace gets a fingertip on the shot. Then Jerome, I think is the one that got the rebound and, uh, made the free throws to win it. So let's go with trace next, because I kind of feel like his is pretty obvious too, Andy. And I think it's the Minnesota game. I mean, on the road, 27, 16, it's probably not something that we need to belabor, but I think it was big for him because he's a guy who had struggled on the road a lot and had really struggled in that Michigan game and to bounce back and dominate against an all big 10 level big man in Daniel Oturu, that was trace at his peak. And if you get more of that from him more consistently next year, he's first team all big 10 player. So, you know, that was was pretty easy. Yeah, I would agree. I think, I think the Oturu component of it, who you did it against, uh, is important. And then he had, if you're looking for like a signature moment in the game, that one uh, dunk where he caught the ball kind of down Amazing. the side of the lane and dunked on somebody. Oh yeah. Uh, kind of windmill jam over somebody. So um, yeah, I think that one kind of had all the the things you look for in a signature moment or signature game for him. Okay. So we all agree on that one. Yeah. And it was both for me, it was both Minnesota games getting 27 and 16 and then against the Turu at home when they won again, getting 18 and 10. And again, just being, you just proving that that wasn't a fluke. I'm, I'm better than you. You know, I, I just, and I love, again, we've talked about this, the competitiveness and the attitude Trace had all year was, was fantastic at some of those moments. Honorable mention to his performance in the first Nebraska game at home that we almost lost, which would have been a just absolute disaster. And he put yeah. Indiana on his back, 25 points, 15 boards in that one. I think that was his first Big Ten game, wasn't it? Or maybe the second one because the Wisconsin one was first. But yes, Wisconsin that was, was also first, but, that was also uh, yeah. And, and but that was at Rob, home. The Minnesota one was on the yep. road, and that that's he, what makes it better. He and Finnessy were the only reason we beat Nebraska. I think Justin Smith played well at the end of that game too, if I recall correctly. But yeah, those guys. Um, all right, Andy, who do you want to go with next? Which one do you um, feel strongest about? Uh, Ryan just brought up Finnessy. Might as well. Uh, we'll just use him to segue. I don't Good. know that I feel strongest about that. Well, let's but, go. Uh, He's, his is the one that I actually had the hardest time figuring out. So what did you I, have for I, Rob? 
the one that I had was the beginning of the Ohio State game. Uh, coming out, hitting those threes yeah. really set the tone. That was mine. Uh, for that game. And he really, he didn't hand out a lot of assists in that game. So it's kind of weird that you would point to a game that he didn't do what you're probably looking for him to do more often than not. I think he only had one assist, but he did have four steals, seven rebounds. Uh, I, I just thought he played just, but his shooting at that point for a team that was, you know, kind of trying to figure things out from a, a shooting perspective, it just came off that close game with Northwestern had lost at Maryland and uh, just hadn't been playing very well. I thought him shooting the ball that well early in the game injected some life into them. And then maybe the end of the Nebraska game, because I think that was one where they weren't expecting a lot out of him. I think he was just coming back from injury and ended up playing, ended up having to play more extended minutes and came up with some big loose balls down the stretch of that one. But I I thought the Ohio state game, but his was a little bit tougher uh, to me as well. Those are good ones. You know, I ended up going actually with a couple of plays in the Illinois game. One was at the end of the first half when he had a block on Kofi Coburn and then turned defense into offense with an assist to Trace because him turning defense into offense is such a huge part of what he does for this team. And then later in that game, he also made that huge three to tie it at 65 after Al made his three. And, you know, that game, the Illinois game, really kicked off a nice stretch at the end of the year for Rob, where over the last four games, he had eight and a half points, 5.3 assists, and one turnover per game against three top 30 teams. That's the formula for 2020. Now, he's not going to have a five to one assist turnover ratio, but if he can do that, eight and a half points, five assists, you know, keep the turnovers down and turn, you know, get more steals and play better defense. Yeah, make some some big threes. That's what he needs to be as a junior. And so hopefully he can take what he did over those final four games. And there were a couple big plays there in the Illinois game that kind of stood out to me um, for him. Ryan, we've got Al, we've got Justin, we've got Joey left. Where do you want to go? Start with Al. Okay. Who do you got? What do you got on that one? Well, for Al, I went with that same Illinois game, his steal and three late uh, in the Illinois game. Because, you know, he this year, we talked a lot about his defense, how he struggled on the ball, how he struggled at times kind of keeping up with guys off ball. He did have slight career highs in block percentage and seal percentage. And so if you look for what he can be as a defender, as a senior, I think he's always going to have some limitations. But if he can be a more opportunistic disruptor and use his awareness, his instincts to get some more steals and blocks, that will help make up for those issues. But then the bigger thing is the clutch shooting. You know, he really became a guy over the second half of the Big Ten season that wanted the ball in big moments. At times, he took some fire for it. You know, that I think people thought that Maryland shot was maybe a little bit early uh, for him to take. I liked it. Um, but against Michigan State, he stepped up and hit big shots. Against Illinois, and you saw Indiana start to run more offense for him. And he had double digits in five of Indiana's final eight games. So as a senior, you know, again, on a team that has a lot of guys coming back, but you still have some question marks. Al's a guy now that you need to score 11, 12 points a game, you know, and so saw some stuff from him down the stretch and that three against Illinois, especially he wants to step up and take those shots. And it's nice to have two perimeter guys and he and Rob that might struggle at times during games offensively, but they do not shy away from the moment at the end. And so you feel comfortable with both those guys taking them. So that's what I have for Al. One thing he did this year that I, you know, appreciate and loved because of the team's woes in this area was he hit 11 to 12 free throws against Northwestern mm-hmm. and just kept being consistent with that. And we saw him be pretty consistent with that the rest of the year. I mean, he made four or six against Nebraska and those were pretty big. Um, again, that Illinois game you're talking about, he had five of five from the line. So, um, you know, I, I don't know if a single moment stands out for me with Al. I really don't, but 
there were times where he was one of Indiana's more consistent players on the floor. And that was a little scary at those times, I think. Um, But certainly later in the year, I don't know if there's an individual moment that stands out, but later in the year, he was far more consistent and far better. I think in the Penn state game, he he had a couple great finishes at the rim, um, you know, finished with 14 points in that one. I, that might be his high point for me because it was it came in a win. It came in him helping in a win. Um, but he's a tough one to pinpoint because he would have individual plays in games, but did we win those games? But he was also or, disappear for a half also. That's true, and that's true. So it's it's hard to find one for him for me, but I thought in that Penn State game, he had a couple great finishes late, finished with 14 points. I'd probably give him that. Yeah, and, and I, Andy, what I will say just to transition to you, you know, regarding the defense – like, I think offense, he's going to be such an important player next year, but Armand's a year older. Trey Galloway is going to defend. Like, he's going to have to get better defensively to keep his minutes because there are going to be guys now defensively coming up that are going to push him, not to mention the presence of Lander. So, but I still, I think he's going to have a really big role, obviously, next year. Yeah, I think to me, the, the couple that stood out from a game perspective, while the opponent did wasn't great, I mean, in the opener, he was 21 points, didn't miss a shot. Um, and then. Uh, hit a big three from the wing uh, to see in that Michigan State game down the stretch. That was a, a big shot. Maybe I forgot what game yep. that was. Yeah, maybe led to him taking the one from about the same spot in the Maryland game uh, that you it mentioned. But I thought he he did have uh, you know kind of a knack for hitting some of those three point shooting. Continues to uh, you know to get better. Shot thirty eight percent. So I tried to think of a you know big threes that he hit, given that that was you know one of the, his his big areas of improvement. So those were the couple I thought of. Al Durham, second in conference play in free throw rate, eighth in free throw percentage, tenth in three point shooting. I mean, it's pretty good. <laughs> you know, it's going to be hard to keep those numbers off the off the court for a team that doesn't have a lot of proven ability in those areas. Um, all right, let's talk Justin and Joey. Uh, Andy, which one do you want to go with first? Uh, we can. I don't know. We can. Uh, Justin, why not? We'll stick with the. We'll stick with that uh, that group of guys that came in. I, I had a hard me, time with his. I, I did as well. I, you know, it's funny because you look down some of the efficiency numbers just to see like you know, which which games really stood out. I for whatever reason the Northwestern game came to mind, and it was a game they had five turnovers in, which is probably not a uh, not necessarily the best one to highlight. But I, if if I'm remembering correctly, that was a game where he had some really poor stretches of play. Everybody, myself included, is clamoring for Archie to take him out. I think yep. that might have even been the game when he and Archie exchanged some words when he came out of the game. And then he really came back in and played terrific down the stretch. It was a big reason why they won the game. So I'm thinking that was the game. So I went with I went with that one, um, just because I guess a couple of reasons. One, it showed his potential. Two, I think it showed why Archie gives him a little bit of rope sometimes because he responded to that situation when you're yelling for a guy to get benched that he came back in and really made some big plays in that one. So that was the one that stood out, but he was another one that I struggled with a little bit more than some of the other guys. Yeah. I mean, I think a lot of Justin's moments are exactly that, you know, a lot of time spent with Indiana fans on text messages, a little angry, but then at the end of the game, he's in there making winning plays. He did it against Penn state too. Yeah. Really struggled. And then at the end of the game, you know, he plays terrific defense, has eight rebounds, makes a bunch of big plays on the glass, then hits some big free throws down the stretch, you know? And so he had had those moments. And, and it's funny because it doesn't show up in the score sheet as you'd think it would. You know, he only had nine points. He did have eight rebounds, but he was grabbing every rebound late and he was defending his his tail off. I mean, it, it was, and you were kind of just, that. that's the guy we want right there. That's, I don't care about points, just defend. And and he would some games, he would always at some point in the game defend well, it felt like, but there were games where like for 15 minutes, it would just be not great. 
and not focused. Yeah. And then there would be a stint of five minutes where you're like, why aren't you always like this? And then, you know, it would, it would fade back. And, and so that Penn state game late in that second half, he was incredible. And the announcers noticed it, you know, Archie noticed it after the, you know, mentioned yeah. it after the game. It was, it was obvious to see as well. You know, and the thing, Al and Justin are going to be so important next year as seniors yep. and they are guys Roommates. who made so inconsistent for three years. But what was the through line there of the two things we talked about them? coming up big in big moments. And they did that this year. Like those guys both would make big plays and big moments, even if they struggled the rest of the game. And Indiana's going to need that next year. You know, I don't care how much of a playmaker Christian Lander is. He hasn't been through these battles, you know, and Trace Jackson Davis is a big guy. He's, you know, there's things that he's not going to necessarily be able to do. A guard like Al Durham can do it. A player like Justin Smith, versatile defensively, go get, you know, rebounds. He can do it. So Indiana's going to need those seniors to be those rocks, especially on the road in Big Ten games. So if they can take what they did in some of these clutch situations in really important games, too, and carry that into this season, that's going to be really big. Uh, the last one is Joey Brunk. Easy. I think I think it would be very easy to say the Connecticut game for Joey Brunk because he put Indiana on his back and basically willed Indiana to victory. But I don't think that is indicative of how we need or want him to play in the future. And so to me, the defining moment for Joey Brunk was – after seemingly a month in the wilderness, he just came back to life in that home Minnesota game, had 12 points, eight boards, and had two huge offensive rebounds late that basically kept a possession alive that Indiana ended up scoring on. And that, to me, is his role next year, which is not a featured player, not a guy you're running the offense through, but he helps you win important games with hustle, with guile. When Trace has a bad game, he picks him up. Basically, a lot like what we saw from Max Bielfeld as a senior, just without the outside shooting. You know, that's what you would expect from a guy like Brunk. Um, and we saw that in the Minnesota game. He found a time when he needed to step up, and he did it. So that was the defining moment for me. Andy, what did you have for Joey? I, Yeah, I that one was a good one. I thought he played really well against Michigan State as well. I've he Apparently, yeah. that I'm acknowledging that as the only game that was played the entire season based on my selection. I mean, so it was far. a big win at you know? Penn State. So but he did, uh, he did. I mean, he had I, – I was looking back to when I had logged possessions for that. I mean, he scored – uh, a bunch of points early. He had a, a putback toward the end where I think somebody threw up a what essentially was an air ball, but he grabbed it, laid it back in. So, but I think he was making in that game some of the similar kinds of plays to what you uh, alluded to in the Minnesota game. And I did look back in that UConn game. He scored like seven straight points in the key stretch when things were uh, were a little bleak uh, <laughs> after an incredibly long series of zeros in this list of offensive possessions that I had. So, uh, but yeah, I, I think the Minnesota or probably Michigan state games were more indicative of what you can hopefully expect from him going forward. Yeah, it was for me, it was the Minnesota game because he had had 10 straight games of single digit points. His minutes had cratered. He was, there were games he had uh, against Minnesota, the first Minnesota game, he had eight minutes against Penn State. He only played six and at Illinois, he only played eight minutes and he played 28 minutes the next game. And and was incredibly impactful in that game. And we were all saying, yeah, Joey Brunk should be losing minutes to Ray Thompson and Deron Davis because Deron Davis has started to play pretty well and show off on the inside a little bit. And that was Joey Brunk just putting his foot down and and playing well. And he, I remember he went six of 10, but he missed his first two shots in that game badly. And then just all of a sudden woke up and flourished in that game. And you were kind of like, oh, this is the guy from the beginning of the season we saw. His defense was better that game. He was rotating back better. Uh, it was just it, it was everything you want for Joey Brunk, as you said, and what you want him to be next year. He did miss all three of his free throws, and he missed his last five, seven, eight. He missed his last eight free throws of the season. So, Joey, work on that this summer. Shot I hope doctor. He's got, 
I hope he's got a, I hope he's got a hoop in his house uh, right now, but um, you know, it, it, that was what you wanted from Joey Bronco all season, what we hadn't been getting. And one of the problems was early in the season, that guy would catch the ball back to the basket and he had a good idea what he was doing, what angle to go with, whatever. But if he got it in good position, there was a chance it was going to go in. And for weeks that just disappeared. His shot was terrible and his ability to attack was terrible. That changed that. And it made him a reliable player again. Yep. All right. That is it. Coming up in our third segment, we are going to answer your questions. Uh, let's see. We got one about a rough estimate of our top tier in the Big Ten next season. Should we be concerned about Christian Lander's size? Uh, and some other ones. We're going to get to all those next. Stick with us on the assembly call. Nice job, gentlemen. We're like right on time. No extremely long segments tonight. Why are you looking at me? That's good. I don't know. Just, <laughs> just saying. I'm doing some quick math here. So if you guys want to talk amongst yourselves. Oh, your favorite. So I have an idea on how to do scouting reports moving forward because I Ooh. did listen back to that. Okay. Um, I think we should you do You listen it. to the shows that you're on. I listen to your shows too. It's, I've got a big backlog of podcasts and you listen. But no, I was walking and listening to it. <laughs> Last week. Um, and many people do not like sure. the sound of their own voice, but Ryan is the exception to that. And I think that's really important. I, you know what, Andy? I like to hear where we can get better. That's what I like to listen for. <laughs> Mostly it's listening to you guys and saying, where did they screw up? No, um, but no, for the scouting reports, we can do like you guys say, what does he bring offensively? And then I'll do offense and then we'll stop and be like, yeah. we'll talk about it. And then do, okay, what about defense or athleticism? Instead of it being a big, long monologue? Yeah. I mean, I don't like that either. I run out of okay. breath, but like we can break it up. We should like have that. like some some segments. Yeah. Offense, defense. Yeah. Okay. Athleticism. Shooting. Like whatever. Yeah. Break down the And then the we shot. can break it up. We can even break it up over two segments if we want to, you know. Okay. Now let's talk about something else. I let's thought you were going to say two hours, but that was. Yes, two hours. Was <laughs> okay. I'm down with that. Works I for think- me. But yeah, I think that would maybe be more of a guided tour as opposed to just a dump of information. Okay. I got you. I think it's a good idea. Coach just wants to talk about toughness. He's just like randomly putting toughness in the chat. And tiramisu. I don't like carrots. (laughs) Mm. E-cigs don't burn tobacco leaves, and they come in lots of flavors. That's what tobacco companies tell you. Here are three things tobacco companies don't say. One, many teens don't know their flavored e-cigs have nicotine. Two, nicotine is a poison that can rewire the teen brain. Three, 80% of kids who tried vaping did it because of the flavors. So even when it tastes like candy, nicotine is brain poison. Go to flavorshookkids.org for more. Sticky notes, email alerts, a string around your finger. They're just not big enough. So here's a big reminder from the California Lottery. The Mega Millions jackpot is over $250 million. Whew. Play now. Please play responsibly. Must be 18 years or older to purchase player five. What's up, y'all? It's Devontae Green, giving you the green light to watch Assembly Call after every IU game. Just don't listen to their opinions about shot selection. Remember, you miss 100% of the shots you don't take. Go Hoosiers. Thank you, Devontae. Welcome back to the Assembly Call. I am Jared Morris. I'm here with Andy Bottoms and Ryan Phillips. Remember that you need to be subscribed to our email newsletter. 
We send out a weekly IU News Roundup, even during the offseason. And after every game, we send out a detailed post-game analysis once we have games again. Just text IU to 66866 or go to assemblycall.com. That is IU to 66866 or go to assemblycall.com. All right, guys, time for the mailbag. All of these questions submitted via our private IU basketball discussion community, which you can learn more about at assemblycall.com slash community. Uh, and actually, not all of them were submitted there because there was one uh, very poor question uh, that was submitted via Twitter. It's not that good, but it's not that bad. It's Jay's mediocre question. He's really taking advantage of the fact that he kind of has a segment because he just throws them to me on Twitter like ten minutes before. And then, and this question, he's covering. He's asking somebody. I we've suggest covered. you not challenge him. He'll be sending them during the show before. Yeah. Then, then we're going to stop. We're going to stop asking them. We're, we're going to change this to Jay's lazy question. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, and we've covered this, so I'm not sure Jay's listening to the show anymore. He says, "As things stand right now, assume that we have a college basketball season that Lander reclassifies. Give me a rough estimate of your top tier of the Big Ten next season." Andy, why don't we go to you? For this, oh gee, thanks. Uh, I think I mean Wisconsin would be up there based on how they finished last year, who they've got coming back. If you assume Garza is back for Iowa, which I think is a reasonable assumption, they'll be up there, um, looking probably a lot like this year. Lots of offense, not a lot of defense until mid February. Meltdown, yeah, uh, season. And I, Michigan State, I I hesitate to uh, put out of it. I mean, they they lose a lot, but recruiting wise, they'll they'll bring in enough guys. They've got um, whichever one of the Housers transferred there will be yep. eligible this year. Um, so I I I think you just assume that they should be relatively good, and then you know from there, Illinois. There's a pretty wide range of outcomes based on um, whether Coburn and Desunmu come back or you know one both. Uh, whatever would be there. Ohio State integrating a lot of new pieces. They're getting a ton of transfers, but they, you know, they lose Wesson. What do they look like? So I, I would be inclined to kind of lean. I think the cl- more clear top ones are Wisconsin, Iowa, probably Michigan State, just based on reputation. And then Rutgers returns just about everybody uh, as well. And, um, you know, you get them get to a point where they're winning a little bit more on the road. Some of those things, I mean, smirking. I know. I'm just not buying Rutgers. About. Like they're fine. They're middle tier, but they can't shoot and they can't win on the road. I'd like to see that first. I'm just saying well, the Michigan hype on Rutgers losing. is now surpassing. Yeah, I, I wouldn't put them in be. the top tier. But I, I was just calling them out as like if, okay. if the continuity thing that I brought up earlier is important. That for them yeah. looks pretty good. So I'd, I'd yeah. probably when, say Iowa, uh, Wisconsin, Michigan State in some order, and then maybe you throw Ohio State in that mix a little bit. But it's then, just a lot of new pieces for them. Yeah. And then Michigan lost Simpson and Teske and then lost both of the top two targets in recruiting. So that's going to hurt them. So you never Otherwise, yeah. things are going well. Things are great. It's yeah. been a great offseason. Yeah, I mean, I think, like, I think Wisconsin, you know, they return a lot. Obviously, they've got continuity. Michigan State is Michigan State, so you expect that they'll be able to weather losing Winston and Simps, or, uh, uh, Tillman, but they won't be as good as they were this year. And then, yes, Iowa's there, but they can't really defend anybody. And then I think, look... I think Indiana's right in that next tier with a chance to jump into the top tier. Like I think Indiana could do that if a lot of the questions get answered in a positive way, but Indiana still has a lot to prove too. So it's going to be, I mean, it's going to be a really competitive big 10 again. Um, you know, a lot of, a lot of parody for sure. And maybe no great teams this year. Um, Ryan, let's hit this one from, there was a question about Christian Lander. Um, someone was concerned. Oh, yes. Uh, from David. Does anyone have concerns about Christian Lander's size? He looks small on the court, six foot and 160 pounds. I don't believe he's that short. 
I don't believe he's, he's six about, foot. I mean, he's he? list. That's where he's listed. But is he really? You no. Know, yeah, that's what he's listed at. But guess what? Chris Paul's six foot. You know, I mean, he finds a way to make it happen. Good point guards find a way to make to create space. Yogi Ferrell was not that big. He finds a way. He found he's a way. Listed to make a six space. two on twenty four seven. Really? Because yeah. I you know, I saw him listed at six foot. They must have updated that because when I did his scouting report, I think he was huh. six one maybe. Yeah, I always thought he was um, like six two. He looks bigger. I mean, so maybe he has grown, but um, he, the the concern for me with Lander is his weight, and 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 so, but that's a concern for a lot of young point guards or guards coming into to college. It's a concern for a lot of us during the quarantine, to be it's honest. True, it's true. <laughs> I've actually lost weight. It's kind of great. Um, God, but it's yeah. He needs to put on some weight, I think, to to handle the Big Ten. I mean, that's what happens when you come in young too. You're gonna have to do that even quicker. So. Um, yeah, that's a concern, but you know, the talent that he brings and all the good things that he brings far outweigh my concerns on that. It'd be nice in a perfect world if he put on 15 pounds of muscle, but you know, you're getting this, all the good things that come with him too. So it's not that big a concern. Can your mom send him some tiramisu? I'll work on it. Okay. That That might be an impermissible benefit at this point. (laughs) Probably would. Has your mom bought an IU bumper sticker at any point? That might through the varsity club and they make her a booster. And you might ruin it. Uh, here, Andy, let me toss this question to you, which you have a minute to answer. Will there even be a 2020 2021 season due to COVID 19? And if so, what do you speculate it will look like from a fan perspective? Oh, man. Um, I, I really Hel- don't Noted health I- expert, Andy <laughs> Bottoms, will take this question. Well, he's qualified far- as Dr. Oz, and they keep parading there, that guy out on TV. There we are. Yeah. Uh, you know, Sorry, it's all I, the Dr. Oz fans I, out there. I hesitate. Yeah, how dare you? Um, <laughs> I, I think I, I hesitate to try to even contemplate a world where there won't be a 2021 season. So, um, you know, who, who knows about that? I, I guess I would say I think you're going to have it's definitely going to be different. I don't know if it'll be TV only. Maybe it'll be that way for part of it. Um, and anything you hear is sporting events will be the last things to probably get back to normal. And I think you've got... Uh, real issues trying to even follow an NBA model with guys who aren't getting paid and stuff like that. So it'll definitely look different, but I'm optimistic there will be a season. It'll just be a matter of what it, what it may look like, but uh, and things might point, get I'll take back it in. M- yeah, it could be uh pushback back. could be shortened. They, they talked about mid majors really being asked to get more buy games to help fund athletic department stuff. So I think scheduling could be odd for some different people. So uh, all I want is Maui to happen. That's all I want. <laughs> Just, just have just some staring blankly into the Ryan screen. This is all that I want. He just wants Maui. Want. Just let I it. I just happen. want. I just want Maui Invitational to happen. That's it. Hey, that's that is all. Hey, Brian is a simple man with simple requests. Just let Maui happen. That is all. All right. Uh, that's going to have to do it for us on this week's edition of the Assembly Call. If you want to see us do the show live, join us at assemblycall.com on Thursday nights for the live broadcast of our Assembly Call radio recording. And don't forget to go to assemblycall.com or text IU to six six eight six six to join our free email newsletter. Special thanks to Bob Thompson for producing a lot of the music that you hear on the show. And thank you for listening. We will talk to you again next Thursday night. Until then. Take it from me, Max Bielfeld. Keep your calves flexed, your elbows in, and your eyes on the rim. And go Hoosiers. Thank everybody for coming out. All right, I got to get out of here, folks. Thank you. Can your mom bring some tiramisu? Always a valid question. Um, all right, so we were going to do a chat mob induction, but Trenton's not here yet. Let me see if he texted me. Uh, he I missed did. that uh, DJ Carton had picked Marquette. That's oh, good yeah. Fit for him. It's yeah, good fit going for to Marquette. Him. 
So good, we'll see if he luck pops on here. Did I give him the right link? I guess I should check that, shouldn't I? Yeah, that would be a first step Important. for you. Uh, yeah, I did. Okay. Uh, oh, there he is. Okay, he's coming. <clears throat> and Ryan, you're here to heckle the chat mob inductee. That's cool. always good. That is always good. All right, let's do this. There he is. There he is. Unmute yourself, Trent. <laughs> it's, just, it's, it's a problem we have with every first-time person. It's Ryan, doesn't, it, 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 Ryan doesn't like the interrupting as much when he can actually hear no. you talking. It, it no. Helps. Yeah. Hey, like, it's like not Richie, real. Like Richie Hold said, you, you're breaking my podcast virginity. So Hey, all right. Well, welcome. We are, yeah, uh, we are proud having. to do it. Proud to do it. All right, so why don't you introduce yourself to the audience? I think most people in the chat mob, most people who have been to Coach's uh, tailgate know you, Trent and Kirk, although they, they might know you as Moose. Yeah, so maybe maybe as part of your introduction, tell us a little bit about your background and where the nickname Moose comes from. <laughs> All right, so um, I'm Trent and Kirk. If you guys haven't met me yet, uh, you guys have might, might have met me at Coach's tailgates. Um, I've met up at your guys' meetups when you guys come up for a game. Yes. And uh, we, we always have a blast with that. Um, I'm originally from a small town called Middletown, Indiana. It's kind of over by Anderson, Newcastle area. So very rich in like basketball tradition around the state. Um, but anyway, I'll get right to the point uh, about my nickname. You guys might find it funny. Uh, so my sister, she's a couple years older than me. And uh, I didn't have a name. And my parents asked her, hey, what do you want to name your brother? So she, she said, I, I want to name him Moose, you know, Moose. So growing up, uh, that, that's what everybody called me. Like in my yearbook, I'm Moose teachers, friends, everybody. That's awesome. So during college, um, it was a big transition. Like my friends would call me Moose, but I'd go to class and be Trenton. And now that I'm in the professional world, it's it's Trenton pretty much. But some of my customers, they they call me Moose if, they, if they're uh, really close. So like, yeah, if, okay, at what point, like if you've had a relationship with a customer and they don't know your background, like at what point does it come up that they should call you Moose? Because that seems like well, an odd thing to slip into conversation. Yeah, well, you know, some people, you know, they, they know me as, you know, so my industry that I'm in, I'm not trying to bring it up, but... No, bring uh, it up. It's like pneumatics, so automation, um, moving parts, you know, factories and things like that. So they're, oh, like, you're the air guy because, you know, pneumatics is, deals with air. So they're like, you're the air guy. And they're like, I'm, I'm Trenton. I'm, I'm representing my company. But, hey, you can call me Moose if you'd like to. So. Okay. <laughs> And I know that's all boring. And people are usually yeah. like, really? I can? Is yeah. That- yeah. All right, you know, cool. You know, like everybody's like, you don't look like a moose. I'm like, I'm 5'10". You know, what do you expect? You know? That's part of what makes it a great nickname, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I'm I'm fortunate enough to already have, have a name picked out for me before I was even born. So. See, that's funny. So my, my daughter, her name is Juliana. But my wife and I, we didn't pick out the name until, shoot, she was, I mean, like eight and a half months in. And so the whole time, we just called her the little birdie. Like that was how we referred to her as a little birdie. Yeah. And then once we finally got the name, like birdie had just stuck. So we still call her birdie to this day because it just seemed like once we actually got her name, it seemed weird to transition already because we've been calling her that for eight months. So yeah, yeah, that's awesome. That's cool. <laughs> that is cool. All right. It looks yeah. like we have a special guest who wanted to come on here. He's Uh-oh. he's he's demanding to come on. So we're going to let him on. It's the coach, Brian Thompson. Oh. It's have the we coach. ever had five people on this show before? <laughs> I, think, I don't think we've ever done five. I don't think we've ever done What's five. up, Moose? Hey, Coach, what's going on? <laughs> now, that's a guy who looks like a moose. Yeah, yeah that's right. <laughs> hey, Coach, hang on. Before, before you go on, I uh, I wanted to just show you what I got. Oh, no. I know, you, I know you love these. So. <laughs> He's going to hop off immediately. I don't like carrots. <laughs> you dumbass. 
<laughs> well, hey, the chat uh, room I, loved it. I, I will tell you this, and then I'll just sit back and listen and let you guys interview. This guy says thank you more than anyone I've ever met in my entire life from the the first game at uh, at uh, Indianapolis at Ball State and all the games, uh, just generally very thankful for all that we did at the tailgates and, and just just an outstanding guy. His fiance is a lot better. Uh, she's a lot nicer, but um, he, he does just really – the guys that stop by and the gals that stop by the tailgate are real genuine people, and it's really, it's really cool. And, Moose, um, I'm glad to consider you a friend, and now we text back and forth, and I'm trying to get him up to watch a little Western game and, you know, get him some free $5 seats uh, behind the bench. <laughs> that would be I will awesome. say that. Uh, Moose, I'll go with Moose since you asked us to, uh, is one of the politest, nicest people I've ever met. He does. He says thank you twice a sentence. Like it's thank you for doing this. So thank you. And and it's like I'm not making fun of that. Like that's genuine thanks. And it's and it's a. I mean the dude's a sweetheart. And and his fiance is wonderful too. They they both were great. And the last time I saw him at th- this time, they could not have been nicer. Could not have been you know just sweeter and more thankful for everything. And, and quite frankly, we should be thanking people like Trenton for being around for so long. So it's, and, and following us and we're not, we're only here because of you guys. So uh, no, it's, it's, it really makes you, it like, it gets you right in the heart when someone is doing that, you know, and uh, he's such a great dude. So that, and to get acknowledgement from Calvert Cheney, those are the two reasons. Why well, that's, that's the two reasons yeah. we do this. You're, you're right. It's, <laughs> That's hey, we did get to get our picture taken with Keith Smart and Dean Garrett, though. So that was awesome. But you were there for that, weren't you? Yeah, I was there. Yeah. And you, next, I, was, I think, oh, uh, yeah, I think you didn't you and your fiance run into us while we were talking to Sage Steele and her daughter outside yeah, of you know, like, wherever we were. Where, yeah, yeah, I can't remember. I think we were at Yogi's maybe, um, watching the game. And because we actually ran into the Hoosier Hysterics guys, um, before everything started that day. Um, at lunch and so we were trying to figure out what we were going to do we didn't have tickets but we wanted to just be you know in the atmosphere so we went to yogi's watch the watch the game and then coach and i were texting back and forth and he's like hey yeah we're heading to nicks right now um we'll just meet you guys there so we're on kirkwood walking to nicks and I, i see coach you know i'm not saying anything right here but you know that's that's the first thing that pops out and uh (laughs) <laughs> Lo and behold, I'm like, why are they standing around? And I look over, and it's Sage, it's Sage Steele. She's just standing there. And uh, it was cool to listen to her speak, and she had her daughter with her. And I mean, you guys know the whole story, but it was uh, it was a wild experience. Met met a lot of cool people within like an hour, hour and a half time span. Yeah, you know, whenever when we come up for those, especially the first couple, like, you know, we announced it ahead of time and people said they would come. But whenever you have something like that, you're kind of nervous. Like, are people actually going to show up or is it just going to be us? And man, you were there. I remember the maybe the first one, you and and uh, Byron. Was it, It's Byron or Brian. I forget the guy who was he was in the I know who you're talking. Yeah, about. he was I in the bison, the bison hoodie. I think it's Brian. Yeah. And he was there this last time, too. And you guys yeah. had so much enthusiasm and it was so much fun talking wow. to you guys. So and, I echo I what they said about how much that means to us. I didn't know him. And, you know, I saw he had the sweatshirt on. And so I'm sitting at the bar. I think we had it at Crazy Horse, um, and yeah, I said, "Hey, are you here for the 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 live meetup?" And he's like, "Yeah, man, are you?" And so you know, we just started talking. And if if he sees this, I hope he's doing okay and everybody's good. So that's like that's how you know someone listens to IU basketball podcasts if they have the bison the bison hoodie. Like, yeah, they yeah. listen. Or the shirt. I'm actually rocking it underneath here. So, uh, oh. home field apparel. That you guys speak volumes about them. So. 
awesome. Well, they are awesome. So tell, give us your background as an IU fan. I know you grew up, you said, in Middletown, right? Yeah, I did. So I don't know. I mean, it's pretty split around here since we're central Indiana. And so um, I just grew up. And the funny part is, and you guys might hate me for this, I grew up and my dad would always watch IU basketball. And when I was younger, I'd be like watching the games in the center court. Who the heck is this cactus team that they're that he's watching? You know, because the I the trident kind of looked like a cactus to me as a kid. And I was just and so I grew up. We and, all say ridiculous things when we're kids. We don't hate. I you know. For that. So okay. I mean, growing up, I played a lot of sports. So I I mean, I still watch sports, but I wasn't a huge IU fan. And then you know, t- like Victor Oladipo, Yogi, those guys came around, and uh, I remember going to watch Derek Elson back when he was in high school at Banker's Life. And that dude just flat out balled as a senior. Never seen a player dunk and play the way he did. I'm like, where's this guy going? He's going to IU. Come on. So I kind of watched him go up in that in the in the Korean era. You know, that was kind of when I started. And so um, I graduated from high school in 2014, and I I want to go to IU partially because of sports and you know academics as well and the whole uh, the whole town of Bloomington. You just gotta love it. And uh, and so. When I was a student there, I had a couple part-time jobs. Um, I was an intern, and then I also worked for the athletic department as a custodian. So nothing glorious, but um, I, I did that. I was fortunate enough to be put in a lot of cool areas. I'd be in the uh, in the new suites they put in at Assembly Hall, and then up in the press box during football games. So yeah, I've, I've seen and met a lot of cool people, and I, like I said, I was fortunate enough and. Shout out to those guys, you know. They're the unsung heroes. They make sure everything is clean, up and running. So I agree with that. I agree with that. Yeah. So I like Coach's reaction to when you said you graduated high school in 2014. <laughs> it was I roughly know. the same as mine, but it, his was far more visible. But yeah. I, I, I mine was, was just say. more of a holy shit, I'm old. Moose <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> yeah. can be my son. He's the age of my oldest son. Yeah, yeah. I'm almost I'm adopt him. Old. Hey, <laughs> take me in. I'll change my last name. Tonsoni. Only after your upcoming <laughs> wedding, because I already paid for one wedding. I don't want to pay for another one. Uh, that's funny. All right, so you, so you, so you kind of came of age as an IU fan in the Korean yeah. era. Yeah, I just kind of, you know, grew up, and as I started getting older, I was like, man, I like, I like IU. Um, and tr- she drug me to a couple uh, Purdue stuff. I won't say the word on here, but. She, she shrugged me to some sporting events up there, and I was like, man, this is this is okay. But, you know, I was like, it doesn't feel the same, you know? Yeah. So tell so, me, so you – did you just get married or you're just engaged right now? I'm engaged right now. So October, when The wedding is October, right? Yeah. Okay. October 17th is our date, but with all this oh, yeah. COVID-19 stuff, we're, we're still trying to – we're still planning on as if it's going to happen, but what – we don't know yet. So yeah. <laughs> it's kind of frustrating. Yeah. I've had two friends had to cancel their weddings already. So yeah, it's, rough, it's scary, man. you know, but you know, at the same time you want everybody to be healthy and safe and you know, if, you know, we have to do something private or push things back and then celebrate later. That's always a possibility too. So when did your, your, this newfound love affair that you have with Indiana basketball become so crazy that you actually listen to podcasts of people talking about it? When, when did you cross that so, line? So actually I started like when I, when I started listening to you guys, honestly, I was in school and I'd have class, you know, since I was a business major, I only had class Monday through Thursday. And so Thursday nights, you know, if I wasn't going out or something, um, I'd hang out inside and I'd sit down and 
uh, watch your podcast. And if not, I'd watch it the next day. And then now that I'm on, out on the road, if I don't always join the chat mob, I always listen the morning after um, when I'm out on the road. So it's, it's, I got made fun of a little bit, but I advocate <laughs> for you guys. I'm always telling people, you guys need to, if you like IU basketball, you need to listen to the assembly call. Wait, okay, I want to hear more about you getting made fun of for listening to this. What? I mean, <laughs> How did that so, go? <laughs> listen to the show with that Ryan guy. What a jerk. Dan Dockage doesn't I, like I was going to I was going to say, yeah. I mean, how many of the times did the was it Dockage that was doing that versus like other people? What like what's the rough percentage of Yeah, exactly. So I'm like, what's the difference of somebody listening on the radio versus watching it live and uh, having interaction with you guys and other people that watch the show, yeah. you know? So, I mean, I've never really was a huge podcaster. And then I realized, you know, there's a lot of great content for IU basketball. And you guys are one of the, the premier um, accounts and uh, podcasts and hosts that, that are out there for uh, IU basketball. Well, thank you. Yeah. I'm just glad, Very you know, nice. there were Thursday nights we kept you in. We're we're doing our part to keep the campus yeah. safe, keep people I mean, inside. to be fair, I mean, we were on at nine. I mean, that was still pretty early. Like, you could still watch <laughs> yeah, the show and be out. You definitely listen to the okay. show and go, go out. That's, That's true. true. And, That's and probably true. some of that was, you know, those I mean, early... for me now, that would, de- that would definitely be a, like, yeah. I mean, if I'm not out by nine, I'm not, I'm not leaving yeah, after definitely that. Definitely not but, leaving yeah. the house. And by <laughs> the time the weekly Thursday show started, things had kind of gone downhill. And so those definitely would have been shows to drink to, I'm sure. Yeah. Well, you know, it's funny. Like, my roommate's during college you know when i was 21 they worked at brothers so it'd be i i spent a lot of time there. <laughs> but so what what's your favorite iu basketball memory like what's the one that sticks out more than, and you can't say the watch shot but i'm not uh, gonna say the watch other shot. than the watch shot because that one I mean for mm-hmm. anybody who came of age in that era that's got to be the one that sticks out do you want to know like a little cool story yes we want all the stories okay. um it, it's kind of cool and it happened I guess it was, I guess that was my junior year. And so it's after a game one night and I'm in cook hall. And so I'm, I'm vacuuming up above where the practice courts are, you know, just after a normal day and bruiser Flint walks in and, you know, he's just pretty, pretty cool guy. Pretty genuine. He's like, Hey man, how's it going? You know, I'm like, I'm good. Just cleaning up, calling it, getting ready to call tonight. And uh, it was around the time that Romeo was getting recruited. And uh, I was like, Hey, I said, are you getting Romeo? And he just looked, he started walking away. When I asked him that, he just turned back and gave me a wink. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. I felt pretty confident after that, that, you know, we were in pretty good position to to be able to uh, get him. So, I mean, I I have a bunch of little stories like that. So, um, yeah. What other, what what did you, was there any other stuff that you saw? You're there late at night, guys coming in and shooting around. Like, did you get Um, to kind of get a sense of who had the big time work ethics? Yeah. Um, honestly, the, one of the uh, best guys that had one of the best work at worth, I can't even talk work ethics that I saw was OG. I would see him two, two and a half hours before a game, putting up threes every single home game. And, uh, I mean, and that's not to say that all the other players that were in cook, you know, putting up shots and I wasn't there every single night. I was there a few nights out of the week, but, um, I just, I'll never forget the way that he prepared. I mean, it was just next level. And I guess that translates into why he's in the NBA now. Yeah, no, it makes sense why he improved as much as he did. Yeah. Yeah. How did you, how'd you find the show? I'm curious. Um, I'm always curious. How, yeah, how people actually find the show once they actually start it was looking. probably from Twitter. You know, I started following you guys, and uh, you guys have a pretty uh, 
a lot of followers and a pretty heavy presence on social media. So you guys tweet and then you say, Hey, I've got a live podcast. Click the link. Here we are. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Okay. Very cool. I know that's simple, but that's serious. You know, I don't know if I'm a millennial or Gen Z or whatever you want to call it, but you're a Hoosier um, and that's what matters. There you go. <laughs> there we that go. Is what that's matters. the only thing that matters. That's the generation H. So we have a new, we have a new segment on these chat mob inductions, which is tell us an embarrassing story of coach from a tailgate. Richie, you know, really just knocked it out of the park comparing. Yeah, give us your, give skills. us your player comp for coach at the tailgate. <laughs> yeah. Player comp for coach at the tailgate. Um, after, Justin Smith is taken. I mean, you Justin could, uh, you could, you, well, <laughs> Well, he said he was a Justin Smith of like starting a fire. So, okay. I mean, to, so, to be or throwing stuff on a fire. So he could be the somebody else of a different aspect of tailgating. Uh, maybe, he, maybe something that would be more flattering to him. Okay. Well, uh, I don't know if this is going to be more flattering, but even um, better. <laughs> so maybe after a few uh, adult beverages, maybe, maybe some beer, maybe a little whis- whiskey, whatever, whatever we have at the tailgate. Um, and I haven't been to as many as Richie has and Joel. You know, those guys are there religiously. So I give them cre- credit for that because they are diehard. But um, the the UConn game, and I'll be I'll be kind of embarrassing. So it was UConn. There were, like, no hotels available. I don't know. There were some events going on in Bloomington. Um, but the only rooms that were available were at the Motel 6 across the street from Assembly Hall in the football stadium. So and you know, she's a trooper. So um, we booked the rooms. She Your fiance, you mean? Yeah, sorry, my fiance, my bad. Mm-hmm. And uh, we we go to the tailgate, we have a good time, and we're walking into the UConn game. And I we brought some drinks and a little bit of snacks and stuff. And I remember just uh, I said, Coach, you want a Gatorade? He's like, Oh yeah, man, this is gonna save me. So while we're walk, you know, if I could give a player comp for you know the drunken stupor walk walking in, into uh, Memorial Stadium. I'd give it like maybe like a Tim Priller clumsy uh, basketball play on the court, you know, just long, linky, you know, just kind of maybe not stumbling, but definitely, you know, not as athletic, you know, so. Take that to the school board. (laughs) All right, Moose. No offense, coach. No offense. This will never come up again. I promise. Never. Never. We're just going to be able to do a whole Uh, compilation of these. Yeah. Yeah, so <laughs> but if I had to make a comparison, it'd be it'd be a, a Tim Priller play. Okay. It's, nice. it's the aftermath of a All coach right. on Sony tailgate. Okay. <laughs> they are they are a little bit of fun, aren't they, Moose? Oh, they, hey, they, I'm not knocking, going a little bit, can't I'm not they? knocking them at all because you know what? Met a lot of good people there and you know you're you're a generous host. And, well, and thank Amy, you, dude. if she if she's watching right now, she's a, she's an awesome woman too, and you and you have a good family. Thank you very much, and you're always welcome. And you know, come October seventeenth, after you get married, we'll have to have a special uh, tailgate uh, reception. <laughs> yeah, we can do tailgate, a tailgate reception. reception. Yeah, I like that. Awesome. Or just get, get married. Just some... get married at you know at the stadium and just make the tailgate the reception. Just head there yeah, right the, afterwards. The bar can be the altar. Come do on, it. Yeah, that'll be built in right there. You get I, I'll preside party. over it. Yes. Do it all together. <laughs> I mean, if you already together. got her to stay at the Motel Six, that mo- yeah. that that Motel Six for a hey, game, keeper. I, everything she, is she really is on the keeper. table from the actual wedding standpoint. So <laughs> any of the ideas that have been thrown out here Where are far less far less outlandish than than. Hey, do you want to stay at this Motel Six? So yeah. 
take her to Denny's for dinner and, you know, just, just <laughs> knock them all out in a row. It's... No, we had a good week. I brought my own sheets, luckily. So I think that was, <laughs> that, was, that, was, that, was that was smart. That's, a, that's a pro so, move there. That's a so pro you know, move for I sure. Figured, you know, if she could bear with me through that, I, I think everything will be okay besides the fact that she graduated from, from that one school up there. So it's okay. Moose, That's okay. Just, Moose caught a lot of flack for, uh, you know, waiting so long to ask Ann. Uh, our tailgate is a little ruthless as Ryan's figuring out a little bit from some of the guys in the chat mob. But, boy, Moose got it a few Saturday mornings when uh, he'd bring Ann, and, and then finally he had to show off the ring. So, yeah. yeah, he's a pretty smart dude. I will say this. A lot of the guys, the the assembly call listeners that come to the tailgates, their significant others are a lot better than the guys. Um just flat out, uh, Joel's wife is a lot better than Joel. I mean, <laughs> I mean, it's just we are really good at picking, you know, our significant others. I, I will give it credit. That's an Indiana trait, and and Moose has done a good job. All right, yeah, I'm pretty lucky. Where did you? What prompted you to bring the sheets to the Motel Six? Where did you learn that? Because that is a pro move. That's a that's a mom move. <laughs> that's a yeah. That's a, Hey, you probably should take your own sheets just in case, you know. So she taught that, you well. That is that is tip. good thinking. All right, <laughs> in in the time that you've been listening to our show, do you have a favorite memory or or a most hated memory? Something that you really didn't like? Any memory? Can it be a culmination of <laughs> yes. memory? Sure. I'm just yeah. Depressed yeah. about not beating Purdue in a few years. Uh, I mean, that's honestly. Well, that's got to be kind of rough for you. It is, you know. It just it has another sure, weight. It never comes up. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I don't want to talk about it, but I mean, it's. I mean, it's really just. It's. If I had to pinpoint one moment, I I can't because I've watched so much. You know, I feel like I just know you guys in a, in a sense. You know, at least on the show. But I think it's just a culmination of just that frustration of not being able to talk smack. And I talk to a lot of engineers, so, you know, they're all from up there. So they give it right back to me, you know? So I just, was really just not upset. as clever. Yeah, no one, so. no one has lamer comebacks than Purdue fans. <laughs> Nobody. So they are I, so I easy really, to slam dunk on, on Twitter. It's not even fun. I know. No, I, it is like fun. Actually, meme. it's really fun. I like the meme I saw the other day about, it was uh, a picture of the Purdue logo and then the, the national tournament trophy. And uh, social so, distancing that's forever, so that was a good one. But I, I mean, it's, just, it's more of an involuntary quarantine, really, than social distancing. Yeah, it really is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I mean, um, I can't remember where I was going with that. I'm sorry, oh. I apologize. You were going to bring up an embarrassing story about Ryan, I believe. Oh, about Ryan, yeah. Mm. Um, I don't have an embarrassing story about Ryan, I don't think he's there always been super, super nice. Um, I'm a lot cut, nicer cut his mic. than I am. Oh, wait, on cut the his way. mic. Yeah, Matt, wait, wait. I, I think. No, we're I talking about Ryan. Up. He said Ryan, not Brian. No, come on. <laughs> I think Ryan outplanned his coverage with uh, with Madeline, though. So. Duh. To Coach's yeah. point. To Coach's point. <laughs> but hey, I, I'm just saying, it, I don't have a, a bad story about Ryan. Everybody's I been appreciate awesome. He, you life. know, you are the nicest guy. I shouldn't, I shouldn't be trying to prompt you to <laughs> be mean to people because you're just a nice yeah. guy. That's why, and well, that's why we like you. Well, uh, hopefully, hopefully not too nice though. So, uh, but I, no, nah, nice, I, nice in a good way. Well, I, I mean, you guys do an awesome job, and I, I know I keep saying that, 
and I know everybody in the chat mob's probably sick of hearing me talk by now and, and keep saying this, but we wouldn't be here if it weren't for you guys. Well, thank you. Likewise. That's why this that's why this whole thing works, because we're here for you guys and you're here for us and for each other, and that's why this thing keeps growing. So that's the way good online communities work. So we are happy yeah. to be a part of it. And hopefully you guys just keep growing. I don't see how there's any way that you don't. So if you guys keep putting out the stuff that you do and I know you guys work hard and and uh and it takes a lot of time, you know, just hopping on here tonight. I was like, it's a you gotta plan for it. So Yeah, it's fun though. We love these we love these moments. We just need to get some basketball games again. You know, it's fine. <laughs> yeah. It's it's fine when there's games. It's rough yeah. when there's not. You know, yeah, so. I get- I get made fun of because because uh you know I'll watch the game with my parents or you know Ann will be here or whatever and I I can't sit down when there's a game I'm up right by the TV my arms crossed just and I yell I'm at the yelling point in my life so maybe one day I will calm down <laughs> but it's just so you'll move, it's just a phase you'll move out of it I was I, that way at, at various points but uh, I hope yes. I do it's exhausting I get like mentally exhausted from watching a game yeah well that's <laughs> You know what? That's what I, I was the same way actually until we started hosting the show, and then that mm-hmm. kind of made me calm down because I was trying to focus and like take notes and do yeah. all this stuff, so I couldn't mm-hmm. be like, I, I mean, I would always be the same way, like arms crossed, pacing, yelling at the TV, kind of need to watch it by myself because <laughs> no one else would want to watch it with me, right? So it's it's awful, but you know, there's a lot of good memories, and I know you guys you guys have been doing a great job with the rewatches, and. You know, to be honest, I haven't watched any of them. Um, I I know I have them all of them bookmarked, and I'm not saying like, oh, that you know these are boring or whatever. But I want to make memories with you know what's happening now and what's going to happen in the yeah. future. And I know that sounds a little selfish, but um, that's just kind of not at all. No, I think it makes sense. It's a little harder to watch games that you don't. Ha- I mean, you can watch them, but it like for me watching the games of the 92 and 93 team it's like okay i'm back from when i watched it before and like right. feeling those emotions before it's a little stranger if you're just watching it for the first time and it's right. an old game you know so i get that yeah so i mean uh i mean seeing yogi knock down the shot to win the big 10 championship at iowa that's an awesome moment i mean that's one of my favorite moments it's awesome I, um, us beating kentucky in the tournament last time you're in i mean that's, that that's is how you're a champion and um, we just got to keep making more of those. And I think we're on the right Great. track and you know, the way, and I know you guys aren't asking my opinion on it, but I, I think it's a, I haven't felt this way in a lot in a while about uh, the, the state of the program. Why? And, Why do you think uh, that is um, like, what specifically are you really grasping onto as I just think there's like a, a, a culture that's building that hasn't been there, you know, with, and, and, Maybe there has been, and I haven't been around for it. Um, but I'm and not not to say that there wasn't any culture during Creens there. I mean, those guys they were all successful and everything um, in the later years. But um, I mean, these last three three years have been kind of rough, you know, as a fan. And you know, we're getting beat up on, and you know, people are saying, "Well, is is Archie the guy? You know, is this really going to work out?" And I, I mean, I know you get dogged on for being too optimistic, but I don't think it's optimism. I think you just look at it realistically and, you know, you explain your points and some people take that, you know, as optimism or fangirling, you know, or whatever you want to call it. So, I mean, it's just, I think that was a great point. I think we should pause to acknowledge. And so it's just frustrating as a younger fan who's seen us 
have great moments and then see us have uh, down moments. And, you know, we got to even out at some point. Water finds its level. And you know what? Um, with, with the guys we have and the guy that's steering the ship right now, I mean, it speaks for itself. And I know we didn't have a tournament this year, but there's no doubt that we would have been in, you know. And it's just frustrating from a point. We've waited so long, and we all deserve that, you know, as fans. For us, you know, being there for the, the program, for the university, you know, it's – like I said, that's kind of like the mentally exhausting and draining part. You know, we all just want to see, see things get back, you know, to, to the way they, they have always been. And Thank uh, you. imagine moose, um, imagine moose too, how great it's going to be to celebrate with an expanded group. You know, right. you have your, your friends yeah. or when you're in college, people there and it was great you know as i relived the 87 championship there's nothing more that i want for for you guys the younger fans um to to feel that but now we got this community together and and it will be incredible um to see those runs in the tournament you know even if they don't end up um you know winning the whole thing but get back to a final four get to an elite eight to, to experience that together and I, that's something i cherish too is all, all of the the expanded uh, friends from all over the country uh, that are connected through IU. It, it's always great to share with with people uh, that have similar views, and and so yes, I, I think that'll happen at some point, um, and and some point soon. You got people excited in the chat mob, Trenton. So you have you have earned your chat mob spot tonight Good. with that optimism. Good. Ryan, you have dinner uh, coming up. Bowls of cereal need to be eaten. So Ryan's going to have to actually, go. It's it's actually a warm dinner tonight. It's going to be great. Um, no, well I just done, Madeline. To say- Thanks for everything, Trenton. You're you're a great dude. We all love you, and um, we love having you come out and see us and hang out. And uh, you've been just one of our loyal fans and and uh, you know friends now. So I just thanks so much, man. And and uh, you know just keep keep coming back because it's fun having you around. You know, and and it's fun having you in the chat every time too. So yeah, I appreciate that. Hopefully, hopefully I didn't talk too long tonight, but this is your floor. You're yeah. allowed to do whatever no, this you want. Was great. I'm not trying Go to make nuts, it about man. me though. You know, this, this is about, great. It is, the, tonight is about you tonight. No. It is. This is about you. And so. you, you know, you know, what's um, true about thank you for do for all you did. So thank you. I got to get out of here, but um, love you guys. And love all of you guys and Trent, you're, you're included in that. And the rest of the chat mob. Thanks guys. Thanks Ryan. All right. I got to get yeah. out of here folks. Thank you. Um, that last thing I want to say, Trenton, um, and this should not come out the wrong way, but you know, when, when things get rolling again, you know, and, and we know they will, I, I think I, I share generally some of your optimism. I, you know, still want to see it on the court and there's some rough edges that we got to smooth out, but I do think we will win again. And then we're going to see all the people come flooding back and you know, all that stuff. And that's fine. That'll be fun. And we want to win together and all that stuff. My favorite fans are the ones I can lose with, and I don't want to spend that much time losing. But I want to know that I've got some folks in my foxhole when I'm losing that I can that can help me stay positive, that are going to be reasonable, that are going to stick with it, that aren't going to give up on the team, support the guys, and you are one of those people. So that's why you are, and those are the kind of people that we like around here. And unfortunately, we've done a lot of losing recently, so we've gotten a lot of chance to test that out, and we've kind of found who's going to come through on the other side, and you are definitely one of them. So we appreciate that appreciate about you. It. I appreciate it. It's, it's going to get better. It has to get better, you know? And, and like I said, the way the trajectory of everything that's happening with recruiting, um, I think coach or coach is evolving, you know, uh, with the team and he's figuring it out as he goes. So, yeah, 
Uh, we, we people want to know what your Twitter handle is. Um, so my Twitter handle is at Moose Kirk. Um, my last my last name's Kirk. You know, you can see it on the screen. So Moose um, Kirk. Yeah, Moose Kirk. Um, pretty simple. I don't know how long I've had. I've had Do you tweet during games? I like a lot of stuff, <laughs> um, no. you know, all, all the hot takes and then, you know, all oh, this player, you know, is doing bad. That player is doing bad. And two minutes later, they go on like a 10 0 run or something. And I'm like, oh, better run like that, you know, <laughs> so playing both sides of the fence. But um, I every once in a while I'll do I, I'll tweet. But like I said, I, I try to follow you guys and what um, you guys break down because you guys do a good job of, uh, um, you know, who's in foul trouble, you know, situations. You know, if a play was executed well or not, you know, it's it's more than just hopping on here. There's there's definitely analytics involved. Oh, we try. All right, now you can tell us that embarrassing Ryan story now that he's gone. (laughs) I don't have one. I wish I I wish I did though. I wish I did. But I don't. Well, it's okay. Keep coming to the meetups and yeah. Yeah. You'll get one eventually. (laughs) If you guys if you guys keep doing them, I'm you know, I know. I know, uh, like Joel, he made all the food for the last meetup, and, uh, um, and you know he did a good job. Uh, Megan's always there, and I know it's a whole group effort. But mm-hmm. if there's anything I can do to help out, just let me know. And I'm, okay. No, we're definitely going to keep doing them. So, we look forward to those. Yeah. So whenever we can travel again and get big groups of people together again, you know, then we'll do it. Yeah. Well, hopefully it'll happen soon. I don't know what you guys think about everything, but um, just gotta. Just gotta I have a feeling going. that we're going to get simultaneous football and basketball in the spring next year. After after January, that's kind. Of, if I had to guess, just based on stuff I've read and what seems to make sense, and I don't know if there'll be fans for it yet, maybe sparse. But I kind of I feel like they're going to have to play them simultaneously in the spring. Yeah. But we're all just kind of guessing at this point, so <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, it's 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 been an adjustment for sure, you know. And hopefully everybody's families are staying healthy, and um, all the chat mobbers are doing okay, and. Um, it's just just a weird time. It is. So it is. Well, hey man, thanks for doing this. Um, is there anything else that you would like to see on the show? Like, are there any segments that you don't like? Things you think could be better? Ideas you've seen on other shows that you think would be fun for us to try? We're always open to new ideas. You know, I don't have anything off off the top of my head right now. But if I can think of something, I'll definitely suggest. But I mean, you guys are always coming up with new ideas, and like your uh, Monday mailbags, those are always fun. Um, like you did, uh, was it last week or two weeks ago? You slowed down coach's voice and Richie's voice. That was pretty. Yes. Creative. Yes. Okay. See, I got his positive <laughs> comment. Someone emailed me. I walked downstairs while I had that part of it playing and, and Jen looked at me like, what, what are you listening to? <laughs> that, that's awesome. Uh, uh, all right. At, at some point you're going to have to do some. I didn't, I did not have a good answer for her. Question. It's like, I don't, I don't know why I'm, I'm listening sure to this. I can't really. He's going insane in quarantine. That's <laughs> yeah. And you know, if this thing keeps up, like I said, you got you'll have to do some trivia or something, you know, get a couple of the other, uh, you know, chat mobbers on and, yeah, and, and, uh, and, you know, or coach or Andy or Ryan and, and quiz everybody. I know you guys have done that in the past too, but that'd be fun to always, do. Yeah. It'd it's be fun always to do some more trivia stuff that kind of stuff and, you know, see who somebody has bragging rights, you know, I know more than you do or, um, but, you guys keep it fresh and exciting and I love the scouting reports and um and I I know I can always count on a Thursday night, you know, it's almost the end of the week, but you know, it gets gets me through that Friday. So it's awesome. So we yeah. like to hear, man. Thank you. 
Uh, no problem. Well, Moose, uh, congratulations. Uh, it's been great uh, getting to know you. Uh, you're just a, a great guy, and uh, I, I, you will have to escort me into football games from now on to, to make sure that I find my seat. Definitely. Officially. <laughs> but uh, thanks, and keep up the good work, and, and hopefully everything for your wedding uh, turns out okay. And uh, if there's anything that I can ever do, let me know, and we'll hopefully see you next fall. But, again, congratulations, and thanks for being there for us. Yeah, no problem. Thank you. Uh, thank you guys for having me on. I really appreciate it. And yeah, if things awesome, don't awesome work, chatting with you. just elope in the backyard with Zoom, and we'll all we'll all come. We'll all be there to watch. You know, you guys are going to get married. Get married, then you can have a big ceremony later. But you know, small. Bring your own sheets. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's your drop. There's your there drop. It is. There Sorry. you go. <laughs> Sorry. I I I put the ass in assembly call. <laughs> or the panic in pandemic. <laughs> Oh, that's good stuff. That is good stuff. Trenton, thank you. And uh, hey, we'll be back next Thursday. So Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Sounds good. Well, thank Peace you guys everyone. again. Yep. All right. Thanks for talking to you, man. See you guys I'll next you guys week. Again. All right. Later, guys. Bye, everybody. I have a question. Yes. When did you well, start doing the old man silent laugh? What old man silent laugh? The laughter without laughing. And it's just like air. And that is, I have never seen you do that. When? Well, I don't even know what you're talking about. I can't, even, I can't do it. It's like you laugh, but the laughter sound doesn't come out. Well, sometimes I try and do that so I'm not talking. If someone's talking, I don't want to be like laughing so and to hear if someone's like talking. Real. No, no, no. There's sometimes, no, there's sometimes like I'll start laughing, but then I try not to, then I stop. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, that's strategic. I was like, oh my God, I was like, who are you? No, no, that's strategic because someone might be talking, so I don't want to be laughing over them. I I don't don't feel like it's new. I mean, I feel like I've done that on the show. Well, I haven't been in here for your shows in a really long time. Yeah, I don't, I mean, yeah, that's just. But it's not like. It's not normal, I suppose. I don't do it like in normal life. Yeah, but normally you actually I hear you laughing when you're on your show. Well, I do sometimes if everybody's laughing, but if someone's trying to talk. Oh, okay. Yeah, then I don't want to keep laughing. <sighs> Sticky notes, email alerts, a string around your finger. They're just not big enough. So here's a big reminder from the California Lottery. The Mega Millions jackpot is over $250 million. Play now. Please play responsibly. Must be 18 years or older to purchase player five. Sticky notes, email alerts, a string around your finger. They're just not big enough. So here's a big reminder from the California Lottery. The Mega Millions jackpot is over $250 million. Play now. Please play responsibly. Must be 18 years or older to purchase player five. Some people just know bundling with Allstate means big savings. Just like they know the right ingredient means big flavor. They know honey on pizza is where it's at. And olive oil on ice cream is the cherry on top. And they know when you bundle home and auto with Allstate, you can save up to 25%. Mm -mm. Bundled savings vary by state and are not available in every state. Saving up to 25% is the countrywide average of the maximum available savings off the home policy. Allstate Vehicle and Property Insurance Company and Affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois.